Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Amen. Well, God bless you. We are going to get into the Word of the Lord today. I am reading from the book of Hosea, chapter number 10, and verse number 12. The Bible says here, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Then it says this, Break up your foul ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he comes and rains righteousness on you. I want to talk to you today about something that's been on my heart now for a while. With Easter and building up to Easter, I haven't been able to talk about it. But it is on my heart, and I want to make mention of it today and talk about it a little bit. I want to talk about breaking up your fallow ground. Breaking up your fallow ground. And I believe today that we all have fallow ground that needs to be broken up. So let me read to you again from the words of Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 13. Beginning with verse 1, Jesus said this, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great Crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. Since they had no depth of soil, But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. A little further in the chapter, if you look down to verse number 18, Jesus explained exactly what this parable represented. And he said this, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart, and this is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. I want you to know today that somewhere in this story, you are represented You are in this story. Every person that breathes or has ever breathed or ever will breathe is represented in this story. You might be represented by the path, by the path of uh, hardness. You might be represented by what Jesus called rocky ground. You might be represented by what he referred to as thorny ground. Or you might be represented by what he called good ground, and even in that good ground, you might be uh, 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. So no matter who you are, 
or what you believe or don't believe, today's message is for you. I want you to understand that. Today's message is for you. So I want to talk about the pathway soil first. The pathway soil. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. I want you to know something today. It is the will of God for everyone to be saved. It is God's will that everyone that lives, everyone that breathes be saved. That's God's will. And God will desi- God's desire is to somehow reach you with his gospel. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe today or don't believe today, I want you to know it is God's will that you allow your heart to be touched. Now, it's a shame that there are people who are so hardened towards the Lord that they are represented by what Jesus called the pathway. And the path is the hardened dirt that's packed from all of the people that are walking on it. And uh, you've walked along a dirt path, I'm sure, in your life as you go through a field and there's the pathway that you walk on and if you drop something on it, it would just lay there on top of the dirt because the dirt is hard packed and it can't get in it. Jesus said that there are people's hearts that are like that hard packed dirt. And the seed of truth, the seed of God's word cannot get into the dirt. And so the seed just lays there, the birds come, they devour it, they take it away and nothing ever grows And it's a shame, and I'm saddened to think that there are some people that the seed of God's Word is just wasted on them. It is. It's just wasted on them because their hearts are hard. I pray you're not one of them. I pray you won't allow yourself to be one of them because I'm saddened to think that there are people whose whose heart is so hard that when the Word of God reaches them, they just brush it off, and it does not affect them in any way because it just can't get into their hearts I think of people like that. I think of atheists. I think of atheists. I think of agnostics. And I'm so saddened to think that there would be people that consider themselves an atheist. An atheist, of course, is a person who does not believe in the existence of a god or any gods at all. They just don't believe in the existence of any. An agnostic person holds the view that um, uh, any ultimate reality, like a god or gods, anything like that, is unknown and is unknowable. How sad that is to think that a God who created the universe and put us in it is, is unknowable. That is, that's sad to me that someone would feel that way, or worse yet, that someone would believe that there is no God at all. Trust me, there is a God, and I'm going to hopefully reveal him to you today and help you understand him. Now, I don't know why an atheist or an agnostic person would even be listening to me today. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just curious. And I hope you are, because I want to talk to you for just a minute. And I want to assure you that Jesus Christ is real. I want to assure you that God is real. I want to assure you that there is a God that cares about you. He cares about your existence. He cares about your uh, situation. He cares about what you're facing today at this minute. This God cares about you as though you were the only person in the entire universe. That's how much... He cares about you. It's wonderful when you can, if you can possibly come to understand this. Now, how do, how do I know that? How do I know that Jesus is real? The same way I know that my wife is real. The same way I know that my children are real and my grandchildren and my newest grandchild. The same way I know they're real, that's how I know Jesus is real. Uh, how do you mean, what do you mean by that? I see them 
I see him. I talk to them. I talk to him. They talk to me. He talks to me. I interact with them. I interact with him. I'm telling you, you can too. I see God. I talk to him. He talks with me. I interact with him. The problem is that people sometimes want God to be like a man that they can reach out and touch, they can see with their eyes, they can touch with their hands. And the truth is, he was a man. He robed himself in flesh, and he became like us so that we could touch him and see him. And then he sacrificed his life so that you could commune with God as a spirit. But unfortunately, too many people have rejected him for some reason. I don't understand it. I I don't claim to understand it. I don't have an answer. I wish I did. But I am appealing to you to take a moment and just think for a second. Give me an opportunity to talk to you about this God. See, the problem is, is that you want God to be like us. But you know, the Bible says something that's very interesting. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, the Bible says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will reward you if you diligently seek him. Now, I teach a Bible study, which I'll be glad to teach a Bible study to any of you. And we have a, 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 um, uh, a, a Bible study program that goes on here. And uh, you, can, you can enroll in that or I'll, I'll teach you personally. If you're an atheist or an agnostic person, I will personally teach you a Bible study if you are open to it. And I will show you things about God that you never saw before, you never understood before. But one of the things I teach in this Bible study is the Old Testament tabernacle plan. And the Old Testament tabernacle plan was a physical building. And um, it, it didn't look like anything from the outside. It was just covered with an old badger skin. It was just looked like an old ratty old tent. Uh, animals were being sacrificed, it stunk, it just looked like a mess. A lot, somewhat what Christianity, some people think Christianity looks like. But you know, as you went inside the tent, suddenly inside was lined with gold and candlesticks burning and incense burning and it was beautiful, it smelled beautiful, everything inside was beautiful. But to tell someone out here as they looked at that, how beautiful it was on the inside, you had to believe it. You had to believe what they were telling you was true. And in order to make this process, take the steps to get on the inside and see for yourself, that's what I'm appealing to you to do. Take it upon yourself to believe for a moment and by faith believe in Almighty God and make your approach and you will find Him and you will know Him and you will be able to have a relationship with Him and your life can be transformed. I wish I could explain the joy. I wish I could explain the peace. I wish I could explain the satisfaction. I wish I could tell you what it's like to talk to Him in prayer and and to know that His strength is enough and that His grace is sufficient and that no matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through, He will see me through. I wish I could express to you what that feeling is like. But you gotta have faith. You gotta come by faith. And so I, I feel bad for those who say there is no God. They don't believe in a God. And if there is a God, we can't know him. I feel bad because the believer who doesn't follow the God he or she believes in for that, I, I, I feel bad for the believer also who, who, who doesn't follow the God they believe in. Because you're missing out on some of the greatest promises 
of God, the only wise God, the only one who can do anything, <coughs> excuse me, about the issues that you face. In Isaiah chapter 43, listen to what he said. You could just come to him. He said this, when you pass through the water, I'll be with you. <coughs> and when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's who he is. That's what he'll be to you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Why don't you try breaking up that fallow ground? Why don't you try breaking up the hardness of your heart? Why don't you turn towards God just a little bit and allow just one little seed to get down into your heart and let faith take you to new heights, to new levels? It's unfortunate that there is hard ground, and it's unfortunate that some hard ground, the seed is just not going to enter in. And the birds of the air are going to take it away before it can grow roots. But I pray it's not you. In fact, I don't believe it is you or you wouldn't be watching this. I don't believe it's you. If I or anyone who has faith in God can help you in any way, we're here for you. We're here for you because I serve a great God, and it's not by blind faith that I serve him. I see him. I touch him. I feel him. Amen. All right, let's move on to the stony ground, or Jesus called it the rocky ground. <clears throat> Verse 20, he said, for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. I've seen so many people like that. It's such a sad scenario. They love God, they come, they rejoice, and as soon as things get tough, they walk away and go someplace else. And it's, it's, it's so unfortunate. That, I mean, what Jesus referred to here is, as is, a, is a, uh, a stony heart. A stony heart. Now, it's not hard to imagine what a stony heart is like. It's a heart that's made up of good ground. Keep in mind, a stony heart, a stony ground, does not mean there's no good ground. There's good ground. It's just got a lot of stones in it. And so stony-hearted people or rocky-hearted people, they have got good ground in them. And I want to appeal to that good ground. The problem is there's too many stones in the good ground. So when the Word of God tries to grow, it hits these stones and it stops its growth and the plant can't grow and it withers and dies. And that's a sad thing because what are the stones that are in this good ground that Jesus referred to as, 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 as a rocky soil that keeps the Word of God from being able to grow. What stones might be in your heart today? I think it'd be good for all of us to look because all of us, whatever ground we have, there might be some stones that are, that are, that are turning up that we aren't, aren't even aware of, and we need to be aware of them. We need to make sure that we can take care of them. So what are some of the stones that we have in our hearts? I think hurts. I think that causes... That, I think hurts are a stone that's anger, bitterness, these are all stones that get into our hearts and they stop the word of God from being able to grow. And what are we bitter about? We're bitter about life. We're bitter about how life turned out. We're bitter about how life treated us. We're, we're, we're bitter by how others treated us. We're, we're, we're bitter about feelings of rejection, feelings of failure, feelings of hopelessness, anger. I don't know, fill in the blank. What is it in you that's happened in life that's hurt you, that you harbor, that you hold on to? 
And the Word of God can't grow because it's there. What are the stones in your heart that hinder God from bringing you to the place that He wants you to be? And I'm asking you, why don't you ask Him to help you dig up those stones so that you can pull them out? Why don't you seek counsel? Ask somebody, can you talk to Him? Can, 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 can you help me? I've got so many hurts, so many feelings, so, many, so much anger, uh, disappointments, all of these things in my life. Is there any way I, I can talk to somebody to help get these things out of here? Why don't you take it to the Lord in prayer and verbalize it? Do you know how many times we come to God in prayer and we're so ashamed or so hurt or whatever it is that we can't even verbalize how we feel? Verbalize it, my friend. Say it. Speak it to the Lord, just between you and Him, because you can talk to Jesus like a good friend and tell Him exactly how you feel and why you feel that way. And He will help you overcome it. You know, there's an old song. I won't sing it. I won't sing it. But there's an old song that says, reach out and touch the Lord as He walks by. You will find He's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. So reach out and touch the Lord as he walks by. Why don't you reach out and touch the Lord with all of the stones that are being harbored in your heart so that he can begin to stir them up, pull them out, so that the root of God's word can dig deep down into your soul. Jesus wants you to be whole. He wants you to be well. He wants you to be at peace, to be at one with him. That's what Jesus wants. He's got to get rid of those stones, and you got to get rid of those stones. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's what he said. Come to me, all of you that are carrying heavy burdens, carrying these heavy stones in your heart from things that took place in life that hurt you, that devastated you, that wounded you, and now you can't seem... You just carry that anger around, that bitterness, that hurt. Give it to Jesus. Why don't you bring it to Jesus? You can talk to him about it all. Let's talk about the thorny ground. The thorny ground is a little bit different than the rocky ground because Jesus said in verse 22, he said, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. And I believe there are many people in America especially that fit this description of having thorns in, their, in the ground of their heart. Because up until this pandemic that we're in right now, we in America have had so much, and we have been so blessed in America. We have been blessed by God uh, with, with so many things. In fact, they say that the poor people in America live better than many of the rich people in some of these other countries. The poor people, the ones we look at and say, how do they survive like that, are living better than some, some of the rich people do in some of these other countries. That's America. America is a blessed nation, and we're blessed to live in America. Don't ever forget that. We are blessed to live in America. There's so much available to us in this country if we're willing to work for it. So much that's available to us. Someone said, well, how hard should I work? And the answer is, you should work as hard as you can. And someone said, well, how successful should I try to be? You should try to be as successful as you can. Well, how much money should I make? You should try to make as much money as you can. You should put 100% effort into whatever you're doing, whatsoever your hands find to do, the Bible says, do it with your might. 
I believe without getting it uh, here in this, into it too much in this message, but uh, the book of Proverbs teaches a great deal about the value of hard work and about the, uh, the, the rewards of hard work. And so all of that is in the Bible. We should work hard. We should labor. We should try to make the, the, the best living we can make and, and, and make the best of ourselves as we can make. But that said, listen carefully, because there is a fine line when it comes not to work necessarily, but when it comes to priorities. There's a fine line when it comes to our priorities because as much as I believe we should work as hard as we can, we need to do it with the correct, proper priorities. We need to have the proper priorities because here in America, this is the land of plenty. The land of plenty. And uh, too many of us have our priorities out of order. Too many of us. Our priorities are out of order. What do you mean by that? Well, too many of us have bought into the lie that it is things that will make us happy. Things that will make us happy. We want nice houses. We want that nice house to be in a nice neighborhood with a nice car in the driveway, with a nice family, with a nice vacation, uh, with a nice retirement fund. All of these things are what we focus on and all of these things are what we put the majority of our effort into to make sure that we have all of these things because we want them. We have this belief that we'll be happy if I just have that bigger house, if I just have that nicer car, if I just have that better job, if I just had a, a more secure retirement plan, if I just had a bigger bank account, if I just had this nicer clothes, whatever it is, we think that these things are what's going to make us happy and we fall into the trap of believing that life consists in the abundance of things things possessed, and it is a lie. Life does not consist in the abundance of things possessed. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. That's what what Jesus said. It does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. And Jesus does not promote any kind of laziness by any stretch of the imagination. He's not saying, life, uh, since life does not consist in earthly possessions, don't bother working for it. Don't bother striving for it. No, 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 no. He's not saying that at all. Because his word declares we should work as hard as we can. But how many of us, especially in America, have gotten our priorities mixed up? How many of us have bought into seeking the things of this life even more so than we seek the things of that life? How many of us have focused our attention on the things here rather than on the things there? The Apostle Paul said in Romans 14 and verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Take care of the things of this life But Jesus said, don't leave that other stuff undone. Don't put that other stuff ahead of this. Don't put that other stuff ahead of your walk with God. I believe the biggest revival the church of Jesus Christ is going to experience, and it might just be this pandemic that starts bringing it to pass, is among those who have allowed the soil of their hearts to become thorny with the cares of this life, so that the cares of this life have superseded the cares of their church and their eternal destiny, and it has begun to choke out the word. That's why people don't come to church, because they're satisfied with life. People come into church when their life is broken down, but as long as you're satisfied with this life, People don't come to church, but listen, we're finding out through this pandemic that life may not always be what we think it's going to be. We need to put God first. The Bible said this, Jesus said it. 
What does it profit a man? It's time to do some pruning in our hearts, I think. Pruning. What do you mean by pruning? It's time to take a, 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 a look in our hearts. What are we living for? What are we striving for? What really matters to us? Because Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What does it matter? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I preached a message a while back and uh, talked about the value of your soul. And I asked people in the congregations when we were having church back in those days, <laughs> and I asked people, I said, how much, how, much, uh, how much would you give me your pinky finger for? If I gave you $1,000, would you give me your pinky? How much for an index finger? And I would throw dollar signs out, dollar amounts out until people say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my index finger for a million bucks or whatever. Whatever the body part was, we finally got to a dollar amount that it, was, that it would be sold for. Some of it was quite high, quite high. And then I thought, what will you sell your soul for? How about your soul? We'll sell it for little or nothing. We'll walk away from God for little or nothing. For a little bit of convenience, we'll walk away from God. What does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your soul. So I want to encourage you to take inventory today. Check on your heart. Determine honestly where you are. Which description do you fit into? The hard packed soil? The stony ground? The thorny ground? Where do you fit? Be honest before God and yourself, and then do what our opening text said to do. Break up your fallow ground. Stir it up. I'm going to get into the good ground next week. Uh, I've gone long enough today. We'll talk next week about the 30 the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold. Uh, so I'm going to stop here for today and just uh, close by, by asking us to look at our hearts, break up the fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. The Bible tells us, till he comes and rains righteousness upon us, it's time to seek the Lord, church. It's time to seek the Lord, agnostic, atheist, stony ground, thorny ground. It's time to seek the Lord. Seek him, the Bible said, you will find him. So I'll stop now. I'll stop here. But let me close by telling you the words of another old song. Sorry, it's what happens. Been around as long as I've had. You've got a lot of old songs going through your head. This old one is a beautiful one, and I'd like to close with these words. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. Patiently, Jesus is waiting and watching watching for you and for me. Come home. Come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. God bless you all. I'll be praying for you. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.